Hi, you guys. Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs. I hope you're having a good beginning of the weekend, whatever part of the world you're in or whatever day it might be that you're watching this. And I was thinking about, you know, all week I work on what to share with you during the, the show. And I got asked this week, what about doing a show on solutions? And I thought, that's a good idea. And solutions are usually the most important thing to whatever is going on. You know, it's the only only real reason to know about all the junk that's happening is how can you make it better. So I brought together some things to share with you whenever we have time for. And uh, I know that solutions really aren't being talked about that much, certainly not on the major media because they don't want you to know there's a problem at all, except those you know crazy people that are resisting the power structure. They're a big problem and they have to be controlled and they're having all kinds of uh, commentators on TV saying how the the those terrible anti-vaxxers and the people who are, what are they, constitutionalists, and they must all be right-wing, racist, crazy people. And, you know, it's trying to present that, those people as a problem. But, I mean, as far as the real problem goes, it's not being talked about at all on the major media. And on the alternative media, it is to some degree, to a great degree, actually. But it's hard to find solutions because you you really have to look at the bigger picture, the overall problem, and then analyze it for weak spots, so that maybe what the uh, the rulers intend to do to us and to the whole world doesn't have to happen. Um, so I was thinking, all right. If we want to talk about solutions, you know, some people were telling me that, well, you don't have to talk about the problem. Don't get everybody depressed and, you know, really negative and pessimistic because if you talk about the problem, you have to feel bad. And I'm saying, no, you don't. Uh, in Planetary Healing Club, when we get it, where we get into more of this stuff in depth, we talked real early on about splitting attention and the different faculties of the mind, which has all kinds of amazing abilities. And one of those faculties is situational, situational awareness, strategic analytical capability to look at any situation, even the one that we're in right now, and analyze, you know, really, really see it for what it is the whole thing and the other faculty of the mind is emotional it's like you know my background is originally in health science and when you're trying to detox the body if you're taking a natural approach to healing disease you have to get the poisons that have accumulated for a long time out of the body and the real detox systems are not based on a miracle product or an herb or a pill that you take or anything like that for thousands of years they've been based on fasting and so you know ancient teachers and and modern ones too marcus rothkranz does a great job and many of the other people that are teaching now are explaining fasting on juice or water uh, you stop eating and then what happened the reason that helps you is that the power that's keeping your body alive that connects you right back to the source of life that's active all the time that says oh i don't have to digest and assimilate and 
uh, eliminate waste and deal with all this food coming in. Because with most of us, we're eating constantly or really frequently anyway for long periods of time. For as long as we're awake, that's what they're trying to do better by changing over to intermittent fasting, which reduces the number of hours that you're eating. And what happens when you do that is the more you cut out food, the body has free energy and it doesn't have to use it all on dealing with the food. So it, the body's conscious and very intelligent. And what it does is it diverts that energy over to getting rid of anything that's a problem in the system, primarily old uh, poisons that have been building up since before we were born and usually never being eliminated because we never fast for any particular length of time, over a few hours anyway. Now, when you look at emotional state, it's the same situation. You know, that affects the body, but it's not entirely physical. And emotionally, to get restabilized and over emotional issues that people are having, um, you can't fast. You're always taking in some kind of emotional energy. And what I found is it's a faculty of mind where thoughts and emotions are projected. And it gets connected to things that we look at. So normally... If we were looking at the world situation right now, which is, if you're brave enough to look at it fully, it's really intense and very threatening and very dire, as Alex has been saying on his recent shows. So normally, you know, the reason that people have so much trouble looking at the whole thing is because it's very disturbing. (laughs) And we have these two faculties of mind, strategic awareness and emotional uh, it's almost like an emotional eating faculty, like a you can imagine a feeding tube coming right out of your heart center and going into whatever you're looking at. So if you look at the world situation and what the rulers are ramping up to do to humanity right now, uh, the emotional faculty goes right to that. And you start absorbing the the energy or the frequency of that situation, which is really full of fear and uh, is, is just disturbing in general and it starts to affect your body and make you feel bad. So people automatically turn away from that and say, I don't want to look at it. They might not say that consciously, but a lot of them are doing it automatically because they don't want to feel bad, which is a reasonable uh, thing to avoid. There's no benefit to feeling horrible all the time. But if we're going to solve the problem of the world situation and avoid the annihilation of life on earth, which is the goal of the current power structure. I'm not saying it's conscious on the on the part of people who are serving it, because most of them don't know. But at the top, that's what it's about, is complete destruction of life. And, and it's like if a police detective wants to understand where a serial killer is going to strike again because they want to catch him, or her, there could be female serial killers too, and uh, understand the mentality of the killer so that they can prevent the next murder from taking place. And the detective gets into uh, the feeling of, of the whole mentality of the killer and saying, what is this like? What it, what's the experience that that killer is having internally that's going to lead him or her to deciding who to kill next? And the reason I bring that up is that the detectives that get into that 
they have to be aware of a problem which is mental uh, illness in themselves for getting too much into the mind of the killer. And a lot of them need serious therapy when after they do that. We're in the same situation. If, if we're going to look at the world <clears throat> and really understand what's in motion right now, looking at what really amounts to the biggest globally coordinated attack on all life on earth that has happened in recorded history and maybe before i don't know well not necessarily we don't know but certainly in known history what's happening right now is not about a pandemic except as a tool of annihilation and what's really going on is the rulers at the top level of the power structure which is a very small group of individuals orchestrating the whole thing and taking their orders from non-human dark levels above them which are real um that can be really disturbing to look at especially if you get to the point of realizing wait a minute this is real this is not a sci-fi horror movie action adventures you know i mean it is on a deeper level but this is what we call real life and so what I had to do originally when I was looking into this a long time ago was to separate those faculties so that, and you can do it anytime you want, you can practice it and get good at it. You keep your emotional, heart-centered, energy-feeding faculties centered on whatever you feel is the most beautiful, uplifting, and inspiring for you, whether it's a spiritual vision or somebody that you love or just a vision of, of what the world could be or anything that, you know, you, you just decide by what inspires you the most. And it doesn't have to match what anybody else uses. It's just for you. And then with without moving it from that, you take your analytical intellectual ability and you put it on what you're trying to understand. So, if we want solutions, we have to look, be strong enough and, you know, competent enough at that split faculty to look at the world situation as it really is without getting disturbed. You can do that. And so, some of the key points that I wrote down about to look at, if you're in that stable mentality what you when you're doing it, um, we understand that if you're not clear on the problem, then you can't find the solution. And it, it's like, you know, I have to go back and mention that once again because people have been telling me, close relatives and friends and things like that, look, um, it's just negative to look at what's happening on the on the problem side. Just show, encourage people to uh, be happy no matter what happens. And yeah, there, there's but see, there's a subtle difference between being happy because you're oblivious, which doesn't last and is really dangerous because you get blindsided by what you didn't see, or being happy because of what's inside you, regardless of what's happening on the outside. And that's not not negative. There's a way to do that. Um, once you see the solutions, when when we get to that part then the critical part is putting those into action. And we'll talk about that too. Because what matters right now is 
seeing what's going on and turning it around while there's still time before it's too late. Um, personally, I don't have any enjoyment of horror movies at all, uh, including the one that's happening in real life. I don't, I'm not happy to see that going on, but that's what's going on right now. Um, and I used to wonder, you know, before I understood this stuff, why people <clears throat> in Germany in the 1930s just let the situation develop, you know, where the um, they tried to ignore what was really happening and they, they didn't pay any attention to this National Socialist Party. You know, people fall for the socialist idea and think, wow, that's really compassionate. It's No, socialism is like uh, another name for tyranny, basically, whether you call it socialism, communism, fascism. And, and to understand the term, which may be helpful, fascism is very specific. And all the people out there who, you know, think they're fighting fascism, most of them don't have any idea what fascism is. It's a combination of government working with corporations. Uh, Mussolini in World War II called it corporatism. And it's the same thing. It's the it's what we see happening now, basically. We see aspects of communism, socialism, and fascism all lumped together. And the government, <clears throat> for example, in the U.S. and other countries that, that were supposed to be based on freedom, the government is still hesitant to do things that everybody would see are totally illegal. So it uses corporations to to accomplish that. For in the U.S., for example, going against the Bill of Rights, <clears throat> when the rulers of the government want to cut off free speech and say, and use uh, tricks and say, "Well, this is hate speech, and nobody wants hatred, so we have to censor." They're figuring that we're so dumb and so out of touch, and we didn't get educated on what natural rights are, what unalienable rights are, anything like that, that we might actually go along with censorship. And there are millions of people, <clears throat> mostly the ones who think they're, they call themselves progressive and liberal and um, forward-thinking people that think that censoring bad speech is going to make, make everything nice for us. And as soon as you fall for that, you start moving toward tyranny and it gets very dangerous so i was wondering you know why were the people in 1930s germany letting this develop this national socialist party that was the party that hitler took over and developed and it was because i think what it was because of is that people couldn't grasp that such a horrible development could be going on and they did not want to look at it because it was so unpleasant and we're in the same situation now, but on a global scale. <clears throat> it was like what happened in Germany in World War II was a, a test run being funded by Western banks and you supported by U.S. and British corporations. Um, and they were funding Hitler to see what would, what would happen and what they would learn from it. And they knew lots of people would be killed. IBM knew what they were doing when they were uh, supplying the barcodes that helped categorize the Jews and the other people in the concentration death camps. They knew about it. These corporations were as, as heartless as they are now, and they were trying it out on the small level of only one country. Now, what we've got going on <clears throat> is a global attack, an assault on humanity, 
which is part of the assault on all life on earth. And when I finally got the separation done between my ability to look at something and, and analyze it strategically and the emotional effect that it would have on me that would would have made it impossible to really look at those things before. Um, I traced it back and back and back and wanted to know where it's coming from. And, you know, like now, in the version we've got now, where it's global, in the U.S., uh, they have just, all over the world, they've decided to use health as the excuse for tyranny because they figured, well, we've had the educational system in operation for a while. People are so dumbed down now that they'll think whatever horrible thing is, is mandated in the name of health, they'll just go along with it because nobody questions health authorities. And they, you know, we've been taught in fake education from grade school up to medical school and PhD school and all the levels in between that science, which we're supposed to worship just like health authorities, science is repeating whatever the health authorities or any other authorities say. In other words, memorizing and repeating acceptable knowledge or acceptable points of view, acceptable language, acceptable rules. And in reality, that, of course, has nothing to do with science at all. It's the opposite. Real science is, is something super useful, and it's, it doesn't lend itself to tyranny at all. It's not dangerous that way. And real science questions everything. If you ever hear something about, like, climate change or vaccines or any of these things that you're not supposed to have a, a diverging opinion on, they're saying the science is settled. That's impossible. It's an oxymoron. You can't have uh, settled science on anything because science is always saying, well, what are, we, what are we believing that's not true? It's Interestingly, it's the same thing exactly as real, sincere spiritual quest as opposed to religion because in a religion, like in the fake science, you memorize what you're supposed to believe and you hope it's true. You just are determined that it must be true because it has to be true. And that's the end of the discussion. And anybody that questioned it is uh, considered to be a uh, heretic, you know, whether it's science or religion or any belief. So the new religion that we've got in America and most of the Western countries and a lot of other places is that... Um, Science, whatever is declared to be science by the ruling authorities, is something that can't be questioned. So, uh, we've had so many great doctors for on the uh, Lost Arts Radio Sunday guest show, and we're talking about people like Dr. Cowan, who is saying he's willing to be considered a heretic because he's questioning viral transmission of disease, and that's real science, you know. It, Anything. There's nothing beyond question in real science. Whether the the sun is in the sky or whether it's warm or the sky is blue or viruses transmit disease, you have to question everything. And then that's based on the understanding that if it's true, it's going to still be true. It's not. It it's not going to go away because you questioned it. And uh, it's the same thing in spiritual uh, principles and truths. If if the 
principle of treating your neighbor as yourself, loving your enemy and things like that are true, then they're still going to be true. But you don't take them as true because you just memorize them. You find that you have to have courage and you find out if they're true or not. And so that's the attitude that people who want to know try to take looking at the world situation. And if it's too disturbing for you, you can't afford to look at it. So you have to do that particular lesson with your splitting of attention in the mind and consciousness so you won't be disturbed by looking at something that is uh, otherwise very difficult to even perceive. So, you know, the reason that we're being taught and people really grab onto the belief of, of science being whatever the authorities say is it's comforting. You don't have to think, you don't have to question, you don't have to be threatened by your worldview being called into question. And we've learned to trust belief instead of looking at the reality of whatever it is. And it's the same in, in spirit. It's like if God is real, the basis of what religions are supposed to be about, then it's not going to be questioned by, it's not going to be insulted by questioning it. So the thing to do is if it's a reality and we have a connection to God, let's find out. Instead of just saying, yeah, my religion is the right one and everybody else is crazy. And uh, it's a leap of faith. It's kind of like, um, if you remember, it, and I think what it was at the second Indiana Jones movie, and Indiana is trying to find the Holy Grail, and there's this chasm he has to cross, and he's trying to, he believes that he'll be supported if he steps out on this invisible bridge across the canyon and he's standing on the edge of the cliff and saying yeah i know it's there but it's putting it into practice that matters and he takes a step out over the edge of this uh, cliff that has no bottom to the canyon and the uh, the pathway appears as he steps out but you want to have a pretty good certainty that something is there before you do that and um, so all the media has a choice of telling us the truth or not. And the question is, why is the ma mainstream media lying about what's really going on? These questions have to be answered. Why are the police willing to act as total criminals? Most of them. I mean, they're good police, but the police right now have a big dilemma, especially in places where it's really visible, like in Australia. You know, we've seen the videos and we posted them on lostartsradio.com. Alex has probably the best repository of all of them. He's got a crew of 100 people helping and doing great work, but we're posting them on Lost Arts Radio, too, for many sources. Why is that going on? Why are the police being willing to go along with this? Why is the U.S. military being turned into uh, tools of the system? Why is it being t systematically destroyed? And in fact, we're right at the point of the U.S. military about to be radically destroyed by this injection that's being forced and the people in the mil military are being told they'll be court-martialed unless they take it. Now, they couldn't legally do that until they approved the so-called vaccine and some people were thinking that was going to be the way they'd be avoid it. And that was a big mistake that even Alex and a lot of great 
alternative news people were making was saying constantly, this is an experimental injection. It's not even approved. It's only granted emergency use authorization. Um, so it's not legal to force people to do it, which is true in the U.S. But that was a big mistake to make that artic- that argument because it w- it's real easy for the FDA to just approve it regardless of how many people are being killed. And apparently they're getting ready to do that now, maybe this coming week. A very serious situation. And that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because there's a reason that Dr. Labo calls FDA the Fraud and Death Administration. It's a criminal organization, and its purpose is to serve the real level of the deep state. And if you investigate that all the way to its base at the top, what I found there is that it's not about money and power. I mean... Money and power are used to motivate the people who are serving the system. And I'm not bringing this stuff up to be negative or disheartening or pessimistic or anything. As I said, if what we're after is solutions, then you have to say, well, solutions to what? You know, is it just people after money without ethics? That is part of it, for sure. The people serving the system, like in the corporations, uh, the rulers of the corporations they're pretty heartless and they're serving the profit motives of the um, shareholders and the real bosses of the corporations without any moral concern at all and you know I, I went to business school too in MBA school and essentially without being told as much we were taught that if the fine or the the uh, punishment of breaking the law is less than the profit that you get, that that's considered success. And that if if what you're doing is hurting people, but it's considered acceptable by the legal structure, then it's fine. And that's a big problem. It's, it's not that uh, corporations themselves are bad, because the idea of making a corporation isn't bad at all. It's a tool. You can make a corporation. Anybody can. Uh, Lost Arts Radio as a nonprofit corporation. It's not to hurt people. <laughs> it's to disseminate information, education, health, awareness, and things like that. Uh, so corporation, the idea of a corporation is not bad. It's what it's used for. It's just like any other tool. You know, a, a piece of wood, a stick is a, a tool for holding yourself up like a cane or it's a weapon or both and same thing with firearms. There's nothing evil about firearms at all. In spite of what the media said, they're very important tools for defense. And they're a reason that the uh, a lot of the countries are in so much trouble right now is the citizens have been totally disarmed. And they really regret having ever given into that, notably in Australia and Canada. And great videos were posted this week from... Australia from a group there that was saying, um, you know, people in the U.S., there was a message to us in the U.S., and they were saying, U.S. citizens, beware, you're next. And we gave up our freedom and our firearms and our rights to self-defense, and now we're powerless when the heavily armed police and other people come out and start clubbing women and children, making believe it's for health. 
I mean, it's so completely and obviously ridiculous. Um, but these questions have to all be put together, all the different pieces of what's happening. Because if we want to solve the problem, we have to see what the overall problem actually is. And it's not money. You know, money's being used at lower levels to motivate servants of the system to not question it. And it works really well. It motivates even the higher levels in the corporate world. And they think, even if they know about the extermination plan, they think they know about the Georgia Guidestones and what they say that the har- the uh, for the world to be in harmony, about 90% of the people have to be eliminated to save the earth, right? It's, it's part of the fake uh, environmental movement, which a lot of uh, sincere people have totally fallen for. And the non-scientific idea of climate change, which is not backed up at all by real data. And that's why we wanted to have Don Eastbrook and other people on the show. And he's been having health issues and hasn't been available. I still hope we will. But some of the head people that have pushed climate change have uh, said that the world is going to end in somewhere between 7 and 12 years, I think is the consensus of those people right now. But then they they push that fear and say that you have to give up all your rights and stop using energy and all this stuff to fight climate change and save the world. And then they buy a mansion right on the ocean. I mean, if we had any common sense left, we'd say there's something wrong with that picture and we'd be able to understand it. And uh, they're just kind of laughing at us for not being uh, more intelligent at this point. And even some of the people with really high IQs are missing what's right in front of our faces. And it's because they've had common sense removed, which has been one of the primary objectives of the fake education system. And it's working really well. Um, People being taught to believe in the fake experts with amazing credentials, even the people with lots of followers who seem to be well-motivated. And I know a lot of people think Donald Trump was you know, part of the bad guys and out to get everybody all the time. And in on, I don't get that impression at all. But regardless of which one of us is right about that, he had the problem of believing in highly credentialed experts and committed incredible blunders because of that, turning the country over to uh, mass murderers, basically. And even great people in the U.S. like, I mean, that seem to be, again, very well motivated uh, Ron DeSantis is an example that comes to mind and Ron Paul ma- and many of the others that speak against the uh, giving up of your rights still promote the, the, the injections and say that they're wonderful that vaccines have saved the world and eradicated polio and smallpox and all this stuff um, if you read um, the books by Suzanne, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys and Dr. Tim O'Shea and other people like that, you find out the fraud goes much deeper than what we expect, what we imagined. The the whole narrative of polio and smallpox and all that. I looked through all that back to the beginning, back to uh, all the way back to Jenner, who had the first vaccines in the modern era, and it was a total fraud from the beginning. It has changed the form of some diseases from acute conditions to degenerative chronic conditions. But I don't, I mean, I've looked really 
diligently to find any evidence of vaccines ever eradicating disease, and I can't see anything like that. Um, most of the, even Alex Jones, who I think is doing tremendous work, and he's got the government seal of approval because the, our rulers absolutely hate him and have been causing him incredible damage and cutting his reach down to where it is now, as they have many other people like Mercola and people like that. Um, even Alex is quick to say, no, but I'm not anti-vax. And I understand that the elite have clean vaccines that they use that don't have all these drawbacks. Alex, I don't think that's true at all. Um, first of all, the so-called elite, mostly when they get old, they look absolutely terrible. They don't have the uh, secret to longevity or to youthfulness or to health or anything like that. I think that's a complete misunderstanding. And when you look at <clears throat> the injections that were um, called immunizations and they were credited with wiping out disease, if you really look into that, before each one of those diseases was subject to being treated with vaccines, the disease was almost totally eliminated beforehand. And then at the end, they started injecting people with these uh, chemical cocktails and then claiming credit for eradicating the disease and I'm talking to you doctors, too. You, you've, some of you aren't ready to even look at that, honestly. But if you do, and when you do, you find out that the memorization that you got in medical school was not learning. It was memorization. And you, you heard something millions of times with a lot of peer pressure and sleep deprivation and, and uh, demonization and maybe being thrown out of school if you really questioned it. You took up these things and started believing them as if they were true. Most of the doctors that came out with a really clear common sense understanding intact uh, realized that they had fallen for it at some point and then they broke free. Um, and I looked, as I said, for evidence that, um, that the diseases were eradicated by these safe and effective injections and I couldn't find it at all. So now we have basically a fake pandemic that I think you guys understand, most of you who are watching this show or, you, you know, regular listeners, that it was uh, laboratories involved in the United States and in China that were working together. Trump was wrong. You know, it wasn't the China virus. He thought he was being really out there by saying, and this is the China virus, just like he called out. Uh, religious terrorism during the campaign and was brave and, and honest by saying, yeah, that was going on. But the China virus thing was a big mistake. It, it, it did come out of China, but it was originally before that a product of the U.S. bioweapons lab in North Carolina. So it was a joint project of the real deep state, which is international to uh, mount an assault against humanity. And there are a lot of other um, elements of this assault. It's not just injections. It's geoengineering, for example, which by itself could wipe out life on Earth. All they have to do is intensify the recipe that's being sprayed on us a little bit. And there are conjectures that that's being done. But um, yeah. the fake pandemic is one of it, one of those things, because it looks at this point like the original cases, you know, where you saw people walking in Wuhan and they just fell over on their face. They were perfectly fine and healthy and 
feeling good and then they walked then they would fall over on their face and blood would come out it looks like that was not what it was uh presented as uh, viruses don't act like that you know people get gradually sicker with symptoms uh, from real diseases they don't just walk along and then suddenly fall down like they're shot and that's what was used to get everybody to believe in the pandemic and it was within very specific locations wuhan new york city northern italy um, a few other places in the world some places in central and south america what that really was, I don't know. We've had uh, great doctors on Lost Arts Radio sh- Sunday show, including four out of the five uh, five doctors that are famous now, Sherry Tenpenny, Merritt, um, Polevsky, and uh, we're waiting on Christian Northrup also, We've had, and Carrie Maddy is the other one. And they have their ideas about what those original cases might have been I think uh, Dr. Mane was saying it might have been a directed energy weapon because that can work like that. You can direct a high-intensity beam at somebody and they can be walking along and just fall over suddenly. That's true. So it may have been that or it may have been uh, sprayed uh, chemical weapons, things like that. But in any case, right now, um, the cases that are being diagnosed and called the uh, pandemic disease are all fake because they come from the PCR test. And Carrie um, Mullis, who invented the PCR test, and this is really important, if this one uh, concept were grasped by the rest of the doctors who don't get it yet and the people working in public health who have good motives but are serving a very dark agenda, if they understood this one fact, the whole situation would dissolve. And that fact is that the cases of COVID-19, have lab-diagnosed cases, have all been diagnosed using a test called the PCR test, polymerase chain reaction. And PCR is not a test for any disease. And Carrie Mullis, who designed it, who invented it, got a Nobel Prize for it who died right before the pandemic. I don't know, it might have been around 2018 or 19. And um, he said, you know, to be clear, PCR cannot diagnose any disease, period. Impossible. And if if you get that, most people let that go right over their head and say, and just keep assuming that these cases are real. They're not. The number of lab diagnosed cases of COVID-19 to date worldwide, you know, right? If you said zero, you're correct. Because PCR is a procedure where you set something called the cycle threshold and it comes out positive or negative based on what you set it to. That's it. It's not even like one of those black balls that had the little eight on it that came from Mattel or one of those companies. And it it told the future and this little thing would float up and tell you, yes, it's probably going to happen. PCR is not like that. You can tell beforehand if you're going to diagnose everybody as positive, you just turn it up to a level of about 40 or so, which is common. And all the results say positive. But even that positive is misinterpretation because the the test itself is incapable of diagnosing disease. So what's going on? Well, it's being used as an excuse 
to lock down society. And as you can see in places that are really pushing it, like Australia, it's to make people locked down in their houses permanently. Healthy people that aren't even sick, which have never been quarantined before, they, they just decided, well, we'll just declare everybody who's asymptomatic, in other words, they seem healthy, is potentially sick and needs to be quarantined. New Zealand is getting really terrible too. And they don't even have a lot of fake fake cases right now. They have a policy where if they find a case, which is a fake case, of course, it's by PCR, then they just uh, imprison any, everybody in their homes, start giving everybody what they call on-the-spot fines for leaving their house without the right excuse or at the wrong time or beyond uh, three kilometers or whatever the acceptable radius is. And uh, what happens when you do that, it's very calculated. Now, the, the high, highly educated public health people may not know it because they've been trained in school to know nothing of real science, just to believe whatever authorities tell them. But it's really obvious to anybody who still has common sense as soon as you quarantine healthy people in their homes or anywhere else, which they, you know it is going to be anywhere else soon, they're building camps to take these people to in the U.S. and Canada and Australia and all these different countries. They're building de- uh, concentration camps. And the people are like in 1930s Germany. They have no idea, the vast majority, what's going on. But the, the result is calculated because if you lock down businesses, regardless of whether you're saying it's for health or whatever, then the supply chains of vital material eventually, including food, break down. And that guarantees shortages and getting towards uh, Venezuela situation or any of these other countries that have fallen for the nonsense of communism. And then they have to face starvation as a result. That's already happening on a global scale. And when these um, supply chains are broken down, then the, the people downstream, especially in poor countries like in Africa or Latin America, where the people are depending on the economy of the U.S. to keep them alive, starvation on a mass scale is already happening for that. And this is calculated. And supposedly as a defense against fake cases of COVID-19, people are being killed and it's the setup for a worldwide uh, famine and depression is being set in motion. This is a scope of the problem that we're looking at now, and it's getting more intense. And even though it's being exposed and people are waking up and they're saying, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. PCR test results are all inaccurate. They're invalid. And even if they were valid, the number of cases is not uh, turning into the same number of deaths. And the, and they're starting to get that this entire thing could be a globally coordinated fraud with deadly intent. And anybody with common sense sees that right away. But what, but what doesn't get realized as often is that this is intended to totally destroy sovereign countries, and it's already moving toward doing that. All the Western ones are targeted, especially the U.S., because, and I think the reason for that is there's a memory of freedom in the U.S. that um, the other countries depend on to remind them that they could still get freedom back.
So the U.S. is like the number one target for total annihilation, and it's well in progress right now. Um, so in the past, like in World War II, if, if one country like Germany or some of the others that were overrun by the Nazis gets turned into some hellish environment, there were places that people could could go if they could escape. But now, I don't know of any country that is avoiding this. I mean, Russia is probably the most sane policy of a government that I'm aware of. Uh, Russian government is buying a lot of gold uh, instead of inflating a fiat currency. Um, they have policies supporting organic farming, uh, keeping the wi- weaponized Wi-Fi frequencies out of schools. Uh, they're supporting families. They're not uh, going along with the trans movement at all, which is... Uh, that's such a horrendous crime against people that trans people need a lot of sympathy because they've fallen for this incredible mind programming that if you just mutilate your body, you're going to change to the right gender. And they realize later, a lot of them, wait a minute, maybe chemically and physically mutilating my body's not going to lead to nirvana, you know, and, and huge numbers of them end up in suicide. There, I've mentioned before, there's a great site called uh, sexchangeregret.com and I forget the man's name who's running it I tried to get him on the show but he's just way too busy and he's saving a lot of lives so if you've been victimized by that scam this is a one place to get assistance that the power structure is trying to make illegal um, anyway it's globally almost every country is being affected China is being allowed to uh, operate at full capacity with manufacturing and things for the moment, but ultimately they'll be targeted too because this annihil- is an annihilation program that's um, been worked on for a long time. I think, from what I can tell, probably the last many thousands of years, this has been in preparation, and now finally they have the technology to organize it to the extent that it can be global. Not that technology is bad at all. I don't think it is. But it can be designed in a life-friendly, human-friendly manner. Not like the technology is now where they design, even telecommunications are designed with weaponized frequencies that are really bad uh, for people's health and brain function and things like that. Uh, There was a great uh, video by one of the doctors that has gotten it that we invited on the show recently. And we'll see if he'll have time to come on. He's dealing with issues himself, too. So he may not be able to, but it was Dr. Zelenko. And I'd really advise watching that video if you get time. Dr. Zelenko is also a a rabbi from New York City who saved thousands of people from the real sickness that was hitting, like Wuhan and New York City and northern Italy and places like that. I don't know what that real sickness was it was not diagnosed with a pcr test because the pcr can't diagnose anything it was diagnosed clinically and if you remember when it broke out in new york city it was really serious and doctors were panicking and going crazy wondering what to do because they didn't know what it was and the typical syndrome that these patients uh, presented in the clinical setting was their lungs were working fine but they were not getting oxygen into the blood. And uh, in fact, President Trump had heard about hydroxychloroquine from 
Dr. Solanko and Trump's reaction, this is not what some, a bad guy would do. He issued an executive order that every American should have easy and maybe free access to hydroxychloroquine. Now, Trump did a horrible crime by initiating warp speed, which had been planned for a long time without his knowledge. But he did a great attempt, which could have stopped the whole real wave of sickness by issuing this executive order. It was caught, as Dr. Selenko uh, explains in one of his videos, and probably thrown in the trash and converted into uh, actually restricting the use of hydroxychloroquine. And it was actually outlawed by a lot of local and state health departments for a while. Um, but Dr. Zelenko is one who used it, found ways to use it. And when it was outlawed in New York, because it was so effective, he found out that quercetin, which is a natural product that can take its place with no side effects, it's even safer than hydroxychloroquine. He could use that instead with exactly the same results. And he did. And he saved something like six or 8,000 people's lives who came in and couldn't breathe. There was no proof that any of them had any virus. As Dr. Cowan and others point out, we don't really have proof that viruses cause disease. And that's just how it is. We, we know there's something there. There's some kind of particles there, but whether they're transmissible, we don't know. Dr. Um, who was that doctor in the AIDS scam? I'll, I'll probably remember in a minute. And he said the same thing about AIDS, that HIV which the, the discoverer got a Nobel Prize for discovering HIV that caused AIDS. Except for one thing, there's no proof it caused AIDS ever. And this doctor who had to be killed for bringing it out in the open because it's very dangerous in this climate to tell the truth anymore. And he gave over 200 lectures where he would bring an AIDS patient, a diagnosed AIDS patient, to the podium with him make a cut in the finger of the AIDS patient's uh, hand and then make a cut on his own hand and put them together and say, okay, if AIDS is that contagious and it's, if it's a viral disease, then I'm, I'm dead, basically. I'm going to get AIDS and, and be killed. And he never had any sickness from that whatsoever from 200 different AIDS patients' blood. So... If you're into the memorized version of fake science, you just overlook that. If you still have some common sense and the ability to perceive, then uh, you say, wait a minute, what's wrong with this picture? And of course, uh, that doctor had to be killed. I've got his book on the bookshelf. I just don't have time to go over there and look up his name for you. He had to be killed because he was educating the public, just like others have done about vaccines and things, and then they died as well. But at this point, being safe by uh, only saying what's allowed to say is being complicit in the death of humanity, and we you know, really can't do that again. And one of the best things in Dr. Zelenko's um, talk to the rabbinical court was he was saying there were three, three judges on the panel that were listening to him, and he was saying, you guys, you are Israeli Jews. You know, you have this thing about the Holocaust, that millions of people were killed. All these Jews were killed, and gypsies were killed, and a lot of other people were killed. And 
I have I know people whose families were killed in the death camp. No, it wasn't a, uh, a you know a myth or something like that. It did really happen. Hitler was a complete maniac. There's there's a whole set of people who are it's like this cult who think that yes Hitler was taken advantage of and used as a tool of the West, but he wasn't a good guy. He was a, read his book. It it's really clear. He was completely insane and thought that the Jews and others should be killed. Anybody with a defect, anybody with a, uh, you know, incapacity of some kind or a mental inability, they were all going to pull society down, and he thought they should all be killed. And he was really uh, inspired by the eugenics organizations from the UK and America. They were some of his biggest heroes, not just Margaret Sanger, but other people too. And so Zelenko was saying in this talk, you guys, you're really aware of what happened in the Holocaust, and you're sitting in the middle of a much, much bigger Holocaust right now, and and we are. You and I and the other people who are in it, except we're all in the place of the Jews now, and you don't get out by being a different religion. Everybody's targeted. And in fact, it's so all-inclusive that even the people consciously working for the dark side are targeted too. They just don't know it yet. This is a suicide mission of the top-level rulers. And so the question is, what do you do about it? Our whole point of this show is, you know, not to just say a bunch of bad things are happening. There's plenty of people doing that already. It's to say, okay, here's our situation. It's like in the old days, they used to have a a newspaper that was delivered on your driveway, right? And that cartoon had the dog going out and getting the newspaper and delivering it to the doorstep. Um, In that newspaper was a chess puzzle. It's a little square about that big and it had black and white squares on it and chess pieces. And it says, all right, here's where the game sits. You have three moves. And what are the moves to win the game? And there there was a way to win the game. And this is our chess puzzle. So here it looks really desperate, and it's pretty serious. You know, it's down to maybe in a chess analogy, it would be all the pieces are gone except the king, and the other side has all their pieces, and they're about to win, and it looks like there's nothing to do. And I think on the physical level, that might even be true. I mean, we still need to do things, as David Icke says, of uh, nonviolent coordinated, orchestrated, mass non-compliance. I still think that's important. And if somebody gives you a mandate or an order to hurt yourself or to hurt others, you know, that's not a reasonable thing to comply with. You still have to do those physical non-compliance gestures because to not do that makes you complicit in destroying yourself and others. And we need to not do that. But I don't think by themselves that those things can really fix this situation, the the power, the negative power that's in motion, that's intended to wipe out not only all humans, including the bad guys, but also all life on earth. And that's really the scope of it. So the question is, all right, what, the king is the only priest left on the chessboard, and the other side has all their pieces. And there's three moves to win the game. What do you do? Well, if you just look at the standard level of chess, um, 
you can't. You can't do anything. You're not going to win that game. But as Obi-Wan Kenobi said in Star Wars, there are other ways to win that don't involve the standard fighting. And what I found, the only solution that I think is left is the best one anyway. And that is if we wake up not to be able to, not wake up to the situation and be able to list all the atrocities that are going on. That's not waking up. That might be, in, be waking up to our strategic position. But the waking up that matters deeper than that is waking up to who we are. And we have clues of who we really are and that whatever terminology you want to use for it, we're not these bodies running around vulnerable to everything with uh, limited minds and things like that. That's not who we are. We're wearing costumes. We're characters in a play. And the character is not their actor. We're the actor, not the character. And I don't expect this to make sense. It's just a clue. So for the character to win the game, the character has to wake up and realize that he or she is the actor and then become conscious, not in theory, not in a belief. A belief is not going to do it. It has to be an experience. And there are abilities that we used to have that were normal or forgotten normal. Things that we used to be able to do with those normal abilities. You might even call them lost arts or lost lost functionality that we used to have. Those need to come back and we don't have a lot of time. And the basics of why we have those abilities that are have become con- unconscious is that we have a direct connection to where we came from. And this idea that religions talk about of an original source that's all conscious, that's the origin of all beauty and love and can never change, called God or spirit or source. The idea is that that's real. That really is real. People have contacted it, merged into it, and reported what happened. That reality is the answer to this puzzle, but not in a belief. We can believe it all day and people have the same situation. What it has to do is translate into physical reality. And yeah, if we get saved and people say, well, Jesus will be here tomorrow or at a certain date and end the whole thing or there are even people saying that the ETs are going to come and save us. And um, there's a lot of evidence that they're, the ETs are real and that they're totally benevolent and very powerful, but they're following rules. And they're not allowed to just inter- interrupt and uh, intrude on our fate and our karmic activities and interaction with each other. To allow help from the outside, we have to reach certain levels of self-awareness, and we don't have much time left to do that in this chapter. You know, our bodies could be killed and destroyed in this environment if we don't do it in time, but we can't be. And as David Icke was pointing out in one of the recent great videos, death is not what people think. But even though we are not destroyed by it, I think it's better if we fix it in this chapter, turn it around now. And we actually still have that ability to do that. So the question is how? How do you go from the self-limiting consciousness of feeling like we're these little bodies walking around thinking that we are the costume we're wearing 
and even fighting over the difference in the costume that's so dumb i mean at least don't fall for that you guys the whole idea of race which the media wants everybody to be totally racist right now especially against so-called white people and i've never met anybody who's actually white colored or black colored or anything shades of brown and pink and yellow and red and colors like that but the point is you're not the body you're not the costume you're the consciousness that is experiencing life through it you're not the mind none of us are mind but mind is this huge asset that has abilities that have been totally forgotten by most of us so what has to happen to solve this riddle to solve the chess puzzle to answer the question to find the solution is not a special strategy to ambush somebody physically and win by force that i don't see that happening at all and besides if you try to solve it on that level you become another version of the bad guys and we don't want to do that so defensive violence in some cases is unavoidable and necessary but not proactive we want to stay with pure intent and to solve that chess puzzle the answer is not on the board the answer is above the board and it has to be brought down into the actual visible action on the board and that's our challenge time to go beyond belief you know beliefs are great and a lot of them are true what people call god actually is real but it doesn't help to not take it the rest of the way and put it into action now and it's not like we become super beings in our own right to save the day it could look like that but the only way it's safe to do that is to get the blocks out of the way analogous to physical detoxification this is a consciousness detox and let that reality whatever you want to call it it doesn't what you call it does not matter at all it doesn't change what it is and let that flow through us and pull everything back into harmony and it's capable of doing that we may not be as limited beings but we're attached to something unlimited having that come back into us consciously is not about a belief or a religion it's a real change in experience and it's the main thing that the rulers who intend to destroy everything want us never to discover they don't care about our beliefs but they care about putting that into reality so that's our challenge and that was the idea behind starting planetary healing club actually working on that being brave enough to work inside ourselves instead of trying to just convince everybody else to change it's like can we do it and i'm saying yeah we can and there's not a it doesn't have to take a long time you can start right away and you don't need us to do it you can do it yourself you've got all the capability so does everybody even the bad guys can can transform and if we do it first we can help them wake up and realize what wait a minute why am i playing the part of a bad guy or a bad lady i don't have to do this it's not who i am and and it's not they're right this whole thing could collapse because it's a movie and to get to the projection and change that is internal work not theory or philosophy or theosophy or any any of those beliefs it's got to be demonstrated just like it was on a small scale 
with the water experiment in Japan, with the already done doctors who could transform cancer instantly in China, or with the Ho'oponopono people in Hawaii. Nobody has scaled that up. If they had, we wouldn't be in this situation. But you could be the one to do it. So that's your invitation. Learn quickly. We don't have a lot of time. That's where I'm leaving it. And um, I I suggest you don't leave it there. But if you're one of the people that can grasp what we're talking about here, this is not the end, this is the beginning, and we need to act really, really quickly on a level that people aren't even seeing or talking about. You can see it. You can do it if you have the courage and you have the motive and you care about the other people that need to be helped in this nightmare that could be ended. You're invited. So that's it. I'm over time. I'm way over time. i got to get ready for the Healing Club meeting. But that's the purpose of what we're trying to do in Planetary Healing Club, doing our best in there, and we have a lot of work to do. But you can do it too. You don't have to join us unless you want to. Regardless of how you decide to do it, I'm saying take care of yourself. It's totally self selfish in a way, but it's on a level that's going to be the most help to everybody of anything that you can do. If you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be useful on the outside to the extent that you could be. So support us if you want to keep us on the air because we're really fighting censorship and the fact that we're not taking in any money because we're not doing commercials right now. I don't want anything to cloud the clear intent of what we're doing, but we do need donations from people that are capable and there's a button for that on lostartsradio.com. Um, or on subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. Give us feedback if you want to. We like to hear from you, suggestions for shows, um, just your own insights on anything. I like to hear that. And uh, I consider you the hope of the world. I really do. Not the whole audience I'm talking to, just you. And I'm saying, you know, the situation could be turn out to be a blessing if the nightmare shakes us loose and says, Wake up, wake up, not to what you can recite or memorize, but to what you can become, which is who you already really are. And it's the same challenge for me and all of us. Time to go beyond just the belief. Make it real. So thanks for being with us. I really appreciate you greatly. I really do consider you the hope of the world and everything else. So whenever you're ready, time to do it. There's a lot to learn. Have a good rest of the weekend, and we'll see you soon. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today 
to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.